Howdy, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Break. I almost said Happy Friday because I've lost track of days, but it's Monday, uh, August. Yeah. Carrie, what is it? Is it the 24th? The 24th. Uh, yeah, I'm Carter. This is Carrie right over there in her hat from a remote location. Uh, this is Carrie from an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Yes, if it's your first time here, you can follow us uh, at unsafespace.com. And we do a couple different podcasts. You can listen to us, uh, watch us on live on YouTube on Mondays and Fridays. This is one of the live shows that we do. And we also do interviews. Most often we do the interviews on the Deprogram show. Deprogrammed is a deep dive into social justice ideology, my old belief system. And we also have a book club that we do every month and a half-ish. And you can check out our previous episodes at unsafespace.com. I missed book club yesterday. I'm sorry, guys. They all Thank love you, for... you, and it's quite all right. And you promised to finish the book, so... I will finish the book. That's not why I missed it, but it's probably best that I, I didn't come, that I ended up missing this one, because I did not finish. Scooch to your right <laughs> so anyway. just a little bit, Carrie, so that so when we're right? both on... Yeah, there we go. I want you in the okay. center when we're both on the frame. Um, yeah, it was a good discussion. Uh, cool. It was like two hours, over two hours, maybe, I don't know. It was a long, it was Good. A long discussion. Yeah. I love that people are are showing up for it. And we haven't picked the next book, but it'll probably be nonfiction. And we have some ideas about what it might be. Yeah. And we promised to pick two books in a row next time so that people could like plan. So we're going to pick a nonfiction and a fiction, but we're going to do the nonfiction. Um, and there were some good suggestions. Uh, thank you, Beverly, for mocking me from my getting bad at interviews I, or at uh, intros. I know I used to be good at intros because Carrie never did them and I just took it on myself to do a good professional intro. But now I'm just kind of like, especially the last few times we've gone live, I'm just kind of like, what? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just totally, I don't know what happened to me. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's well, lack I'm of sleep. The slack. So if you'd like to support us financially, you can Thank go you. to subscribestar.com and go to Unsafe Space. You can donate a one-time tip of any amount, or you can subscribe monthly. We have different levels. If you subscribe at the $25 level or higher, you get a mug, which those have now arrived and are starting to go out. Um, and you, the mug is a grenade. It says uh, Unsafe I Space. I have one somewhere. Here, I'll go get one. Yeah, and if you... And if you want to support us and you can't do so financially or don't want to financially, that's okay too. You can share our videos, hit like and subscribe. You can, uh, you know, you can give us a review on iTunes. That would help if you listen to the show, especially if you're one of the people who listen on that platform. You could give us a review there. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank this you guys. Welcome space. to the new grenade mug. There it is. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, I took these to Wisconsin. I took two of them to Wisconsin. And uh, I didn't get one. I know. <laughs> uh, one of our supporters got one, so I didn't have to mail it. And okay. uh, and then I had an extra one, and I just kind of shouted whoever wanted one, and Beverly spoke up first. So she, uh, you'll get one, obviously. I should send you a bunch. Obviously. Um, okay. But the TSA did not like the – of all the things, I had, like, camera equipment and all this other stuff, and the TSA lady was like, oh, that. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> really? Yeah. They made me unpack all the mugs because it looks like a grenade, I guess. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. Things that look like things. Anyway, um, I don't know that we have to have a super long show today, but there's definitely a lot going on. 
Can I first say I want to shout out to Live Free and Joy Halford, who yesterday gave us super chats during the book club discussion, and we didn't really, we weren't really doing the super chat thing, so they didn't get acknowledged at all yesterday. So I want to acknowledge them today. Um, and actually, while I was saying that, we got another one, so we might as well throw it up right now. Oh. From Two Sisters into Mjorn. Thank you, Two Sisters. They say, for me, actually making it to chat thanks to a lackluster hurricane today. Day. Let's hope the second one is also lame. Yeah, I know. I don't know what's going on, but the world is literally... It does make me wonder about the religious thing. Uh, is, is a plague of locusts coming next? I'm in California. I didn't say this yesterday, but like, I'm in California, and I definitely feel like it's the end of Atlas Shrugged. Like, we have... Obviously, we always have earthquake risk, but we've got, like, fires, power going out. Uh, it's just, like, a COVID thing. I, I don't know. There's no... There's a lot happening. I don't know. I used to be very skeptical of when I was agnostic. You know, I was very skeptical of people talking about end of days. And I still am to a large degree because several civilizations have collapsed throughout human history. And I do think our civilization is possibly I'm not as nihilist not nihilistic's not the word. I'm not as pessimistic as Carter is usually, but I do think we might be headed to some very dark days. That doesn't necessarily mean I think it's the end times. But uh, depends on what you mean by end times, right? Uh right. As an atheist, I I just think yeah. I mean every just to be clear, almost every civilization has collapsed. I mean there's a few who have <laughs> that are still around. But not long not long. Uh and we're at our 250 mark, which reminds me of, I don't know why it reminds me of Yuri Bezmenov, Bezmenov but it does. I finally watched that trailer, the Call of Duty trailer. Carrie, have you mm -hmm. seen the Black Ops trailer? Not yet. Is it good? It's really good. And it, it was so good that it caused me, I reached out to Call of Duty asking if someone would come on the show to talk about it. But oh, wow. They didn't respond. Um, I don't think they will. But if anyone knows anyone that works for Activision or, or whatever, um, I'm really curious because... It's overtly, it's overtly referencing your like Yuri clips are in it. It's all about Yuri. I mean, they're red pilling. People are gonna go watch Yuri just looking at the trailer, and it's basically yeah. they're gonna get red pilled. Um, Good. Yeah. So, uh, which is why uh, this is why this today says demoralization because that's one of Yuri's. Uh, that's one of the stages. Of their the ideological stages. subversion is demoralization, which uh, he, yeah. When I first saw those in. videos, it gave me chills. His interviews and stuff because he seems like a prophet, but it's he only seems like a prophet because he knew what was intended with the demoralization campaign with the propaganda in the United States, and so you see all you see playing out is what they p intended, but. If you guys haven't seen them, definitely go to YouTube while they're still around and look up Yuri Bezmanov and, and check out some of his interviews from the 80s. Um, yeah. We have a super chat from Tax Tarot. She says, H-E-B, H-E-B, for those that don't know, is a grocery store chain here in Texas. H-E-B is limiting briskets to two for the hurricanes. It's a travesty for Texans. Yes, it is. <laughs> I hadn't I heard thought, that. Didn't te Don't Texans buy, like, half cows and quarter cows and full cows and just do all the butchering themselves? I mean... I don't know. Briskets from H-E-B. I don't know. I don't know how Texan it is. So, um, all right, we have to talk about something upsetting that. I mean, because Wisconsin's now burning. 
Uh, did you know you notice what's going on in Kenosha? No. Please oh, catch God. me up. I've oh. been on the road. I have not caught up with the news. Right, I was well, trying to watch it. Yeah. I. It's another George Floyd, basically. Um, okay. There's video of... So let's just say what's in the video. There's video of a guy who happens to be black, Jacob. Uh, <clears throat> what's his last name? Uh, Blake. Jacob Blake, and uh, he is outside of a, he's standing outside of a minivan. Now, reports are that kids were in the minivan. I don't know. Uh, I can't tell, but sure. Um, and and allegedly, there was two women that were fighting, and he was intervening somehow. Um, but cops were there. And uh, the part, the video that I saw, I think they already had their guns drawn or almost had their guns drawn, but, like, they were trying to get him to stay, and he was ignoring them and just, like, like walking away and they were kind of following him guns drawn you know presumably can't hear but presumably like saying something to the guy um and he ignores them and he goes uh he goes and opens his front door of the vehicle and leans into the front door of the vehicle and the cop uh who is right there who had been maybe already grabbing his shirt like trying to stop him is holding his shirt just fires like seven times into into his back um and uh, and I, he's not dead, miraculously. He is, uh, last I heard, he's in serious condition, uh, but he's not actually dead. Um, and so obviously this is going to be, an, so, then, so then after that in Kenosha, they, uh, I mean, there was lots of protesting. They, uh, I think I, someone shot at a sheriff's vehicle. They lit fires to garbage trucks and everything else. I think they attacked a courthouse. They like did, they did a whole bunch of, um, riot type stuff, and uh, yeah, I. It's easy to piss both sides off just by being rational with this and saying like, "Oh, let's wait for the body cam footage and let's wait for all the facts," because that just makes everyone angry. So the right is saying, "But that's what should happen." I, I know. Why are we in this reactive state? The media pushes it. They push everybody to immediately have some opinion on something that they don't have all the facts for. Yep. And to have some immediate uh, uh, response, whether right. it's rioting or condemning, you know. Right. And and you know I. Uh, so the right is all like, oh, he was, he, you know, he could have been reaching for a weapon. They want to rush to the cops' defense. That's the 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 people on the right. They just want to rush to the cops' defense right away and say, you know, he opened the door. He could have been reaching for a weapon. You know, like that's that's a threat, and so it was justified. Um, and of course, people that are not on the right, most of them are looking at this saying, they could have tased him. Why did they? You know, what's the big deal? Why were they? He was just trying to stop a fight. Why were they even using this kind of force? And they shot him in the back and in front of his kids and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think there's a little bit of context that might help explain some of this. Uh, first of all, I don't think shooting a guy in the back, unless he was actually reaching for a weapon, is justified. So I don't, I won't stick up for the cops for that. I think we live in a police state and I'm tired of cops uh, feeling like they can whip their gun out every time they've got some problem with you and you're supposed to just comply with them. Uh, we have too many laws and too many things that are that justify the the use of violence. And if people want to protest, they should be protesting the end of the DEA and the ATF. But um, those are the cops that we should defund first. But that all that said, 
um, there is some information that does kind of matter uh, that answered the question for me. I was like, well, why were the cops bugging this guy? If he was just like interrupting a fight, like he was trying to break up a fight, why would they be, why would they be all jacked up about this guy and have their guns drawn? Uh, and I don't see this getting talked about very much, but there's a reason they might've been jacked up and had their guns drawn. And that reason is available from the Wisconsin Circuit Court Access website. That reason is there's a warrant out for his arrest. There is an active uh. warrant for this guy's arrest. Um, the charges are criminal trespass, domestic abuse, third-degree sexual assault, domestic abuse, disorderly conduct, and domestic abuse. Uh, sorry, actually, it's three different charges, and domestic abuse is the modifier on all of those. I'm not sure what that means exactly because I'm not a district attorney. But, uh, yeah, so... There's an active warrant. Uh, the warrant was issued on July 7th. Uh, yep, the warrant was issued on July 7th. And it's, now, does that justify shooting someone in, in, in the back if they're not doing anything to you? No, but it does give a little bit of context to, hey, why are the cops reacting this way? It might've been that I don't know. We don't know any information, which is why the first thing I said was like, let's wait for facts. But it might have been that the cops know, oh, this is a guy who has a warrant. He it, it's for it's for violent crimes. He by the way, he previously was convicted of a weapons charge, which I think is a bunk charge anyway. And I don't think he should have been convicted, but it doesn't matter. They know he has access to weapons or uses weapons. So he's convicted of a weapons charge in the past. Um, and so it it might be that the reason that they were hard asses is is because they knew he had a warrant and they were worried that he was dangerous and going to the car and opening the door and reaching. Okay. It's not just some random guy that went to open his car door and sit in. It's a guy that they had information about that they might've been particularly concerned about who was ignoring their threats. And the big tragedy to me is when I see how this guy behaves, it's the black community has been fed this narrative that cops just are out to kill you. And that makes these guys, and like now there's these tensions between police and the black community. And so instead of just complying and being like, yeah, okay, officer, fine. Like you've got to, you've got to always do something else. You've got to always be non-compliant because there's this animosity and non-compliance increases the likelihood that a cop doesn't mean the cop's good, could be a bad cop. Either way, it increases the likelihood that the cop does something. Um, and so on the flip side, you've got cops worried about these increased tensions, worried about getting shot, worried about getting attacked and assaulted because there's, obviously, there's there's um, <laughs> a lot of animosity coming from the black community towards cops and, and the other way around now. So, like, none of this is helpful. We've, we're just creating two sides, and, and every time something like this happens, no one stops and asks for the facts. No one says, hey, let's calm down. Let's, if the guy, if the cop did something wrong, let's put him in jail. But let's not go ape shit and, and use this as an example of all cops are trying to kill all black people in cold blood by shooting them in the back. That's, this is, that's, not, how, that's not how statistics works, but that's what we're doing. So here's, here's something that yeah bothers me about what's happening now in the media and, and how it's influencing culture is that they're taking these um, cherry-picked cases, these things that happen that are awful, and they're, but they're cherry-picking which awful individual things they show. Right. So, for example, 
we didn't cover that story that a lot of people on the right were covering recently about the little boy. It was a Cannon white boy. I've... Yeah. Yeah. I what's got, his name? Uh, Cannon Hinnant. I wanted to cover him, but we ran out of time. He's on my notes. So, yes. can't. Okay, so this is a little boy, a white boy who was killed, um, shot in cold blood by a black man. And this was in, was this in North Carolina? Uh, yeah. Okay, so the media, the, the conservative media was covering it because they were trying to show, look, this is an awful thing that happened too, and the media doesn't cover this. I think that's why they were highlighting it. Um, but the the truth is, they're, they're, well, they're not wrong about that. The media is not going to pick up that story and right. blanket the news with it the way they're going to blanket this story from last night because it doesn't fit a narrative that they're trying to sell us at large. It right. doesn't fit that narrative. They can't cherry pick that story and say, look, this is something that, uh, you know, people need to be afraid of that 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 white people need to be afraid of or, you know, they, they, they're not trying to sell us that narrative. So, and, and by the way, for Hinnant, um, the other thing conservatives are saying, which is absolutely true, is the framing of the story when it is covered. So I've one of the headlines, this bothered me, right? So if it was the reverse, it would be, you know, it's always white cop shoots unarmed black person. Like they always throw the race in there when it's the other way around. But this, in this case, it is, this is one of the headlines, North Carolina man, sh North Carolina man, Shot and killed five-year-old neighbor while he was playing in his yard, police say. No mention of race they, at all. And they don't then, mention the race. Right. And then later in the article in, in uh, mainstream media, they're, they're, they're treating it like they're saying his motive is a mystery. It was literally out of nowhere. Now, that might be true. Maybe his motive is a mystery and maybe it literally is out of nowhere. Maybe that's better reporting. But if it were the other way around, when it is the other way around, the motive is always immediately racism. Right. Yeah. Always race. It's racism. That's the motive. We know the motive. We didn't yeah. investigate. We just know the motive right away. Um, we know the motive. And now we're encouraging rioting and, and they they are they're creating the news. The news is creating the news. Mm -hmm. They're telling you a narrative and they're telling you you need to respond in a certain way. And they're glorifying the rioting and they're calling it peaceful protesting and they're picking stories that will push it. I mean, along the same lines, you're talking about how the race is always mentioned. And, you know, we've mentioned before, uh, there was a guy in Texas, I think it was Texas who died in a similar fashion to George Floyd, where the cops basically put pressure on him on his, his throat or had him down in a, a chokehold or something. And he died. Right. Tony Tempa was his name. But that story wasn't in the mainstream media and it didn't get pushed by legacy media because even though it was cops and even though it was an unarmed man who died, um, it was, he was white. And so that does, again, even that slight difference means that that's not going to fit the narrative that it's not, they're not going to blow it up like this. Yep. They really manipulate us. And, and it's not that this isn't awful what happened last night. It is. It's just that they choose what awful things they show us and they make um, – they try and, and create panic and fear and a storyline by highlighting specific awful things and ignoring other awful things. It would be impossible to cover every awful thing anyway. There's too many awful things that happen on a daily basis. Yep. But to try and then say, we're going to build a, a storyline here and try and push this idea of uh, that, that the statistics don't bear out, by the way. The statistics do not bear yeah, out. Thank you for bringing that, that up because that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, please talk about this. But yeah, they, they're, 
I've I've encountered so many people in the last couple of years who just automatically reflexively believe that you're more likely to die at the hands of police if you're unarmed, if you're black than if you're white. Um, and and if you ask if you if you start digging deep with this people who believe this, they haven't read any studies. They don't know the statistics. They don't know them. And, but they're using anecdotal evidence. They'll name the names that the media has made famous. Yep. And they will name George Floyd, et cetera. But they don't know Tony Tempa's name. They don't have anecdotal evidence. The only anecdotal evidence they have supports this narrative. And they will mention the anecdotal evidence. But they don't mention the statistics and they haven't gone to look at the studies. And the studies don't say what the what the media is telling us. They're right. creating this this fear and this, this um, racial... Uh, separation and they're taking something that I think we do need to have several. Yes, it's absolutely worthwhile to talk about police brutality. It's worthwhile to talk about um, racial injustice. The, the they have these kernels of truth that people care about, but then they spin this story that's not true, and they get people to just casually believe it. If you just watch the news in the background, if you if you're a person who has CNN or MSNBC or something on in the background all day, and you're not really doing deep digging, this is what you believe to be true without and, having done any research. And you can't be blamed for it because your assumption is that the news is re, is accurately reflecting reality in some way. I mean, maybe you can be blamed for that naive assumption, but like that's that's the assumption, and it's just not true. And, you know, uh, if the news was honest, if media was honest, this is what reporting would look like. You would be able to survey anecdotes for these things, and the frequency of the anecdotes would match the statistics, right? You'd yeah. be like, oh, they talk about this about as much as it happens statistically. They talk about that other thing about as much as it happens statistically. Oh, okay. That's, that's what actual reporting that's unbiased would look like. In fact, my friend and I talked about building an AI bot that would do that, that would just read articles and be like, oh, this is, like, this is the anecdote. It got too hard. We didn't do it. But this is the anecdote. And then like, here are the statistics. Like, just catalog it. And you could say, like, oh, this website is, is, is pushing a narrative. And you know that just by virtue of the fact that the stories they're pushing um, suggest a, dis a different statistical distribution than what's actually happening in reality. Um, but it's funny because this is the same crowd, Carrie, that talks about uh, they're so concerned about equality of outcome. Well, you have to have exactly the right proportion of uh, black engineers as white engineers and Asian engineers as the population and blah, 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 blah. Okay, and, and women engineers, but like very concerned with those. But when it comes to the content of the media, there's like zero talk about like you got to make sure that you're representing the right statistical uh, samples of crime. Oh, and yeah. like, no, 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 not that. No, no. Well, it would be like if they so on the right, I've seen the right gets accused of cherry picking instances of illegal immigrants who commit rape or murder. And I've been I've heard that, that this criticism say that this criticism from the left says that right-wing media and right-wing politicians cherry pick and highlight those stories maybe they do possibly but can't you see that you do the same thing you do the same thing with police shootings you only pick and highlight first of all you're only picking shootings if it happens by the police and secondly you're only picking ones where the the person they shoot is black you're cherry picking to tell the story you want and if you can see it when it comes to the right, why can't you see it when it comes to the left? 
your you have biases that blind you that blind you and you're a part of it a lot of these people participate in it they spread the narrative they can't see it it's like a fish you can't see water right you know right. and they're and not only are they the same they're the same people that care about all these equalities of outcomes they're also the same crowd that like champion science and claims that like oh we care about science more i i've been thinking about this carrie <laughs> science science is a personal responsibility science is just dedication to reason and evidence and that's a personal matter and like you can't claim to care about science and suspend your own obligation to use your own reason and judgment to arrive at your own conclusions. You can't simultaneously claim about claim I care about science, but I just believe what CNN tells me because I trust them. Like that's not science. Uh, that's not that's not reason. That's not how that's not how the brain works. Science means you are you have to decide for yourself what is true and what isn't true um, based on your yeah. own thinking brain, and they they just don't. Um, Someone said the sign's demoralizing them. Sorry. My demoralization. Oh. <laughs> I'm demoralized by my own sign, too. It's, I understand it. It's okay. But, and the reason they want us fighting each other is because they don't want us fighting. Look, I, I'm not, I, I'm not one of these people who think that the, the, there's nothing wrong with the police. Like, absolutely. And, and I'm not arguing that there's not uh, laws that disproportionately affect minorities. There are, uh, absolutely. Um, in fact, we had Maj Torre on the show. Like, gun control was stems from the Jim Crow era. Look at where most of the gun control is. It's in major cities. Major cities are disproportionately populated by minorities, specifically blacks. So, like, yeah, there is there is absolutely a racial component, or at least in effect, if not in intention, to a lot of laws. Mm -hmm. But these people. You know, they're not out saying like, hey, let's defund the DEA, let's defund the ATF, let's get rid of all these laws. They're just like, we don't like the local cops. And they're not and it's just because they want to be in charge of the local cops. It's it's so disingenuous. And the whole thing to me is just a distraction because, you know, I think regular people, if if we talked about the actual problems instead of argued with if if, if instead of hating each other, we talked about the problems. We would recognize that most of the problems come from the elite class, and we could probably all join and fight them together. But instead, we're shooting at each other in cities and burning dump trucks because, you know, systemic racism. But but let's go pull the donkey lever for Joe Biden because he's a new choice. Yeah. <laughs> they keep us they keep us distracted. Oh, gosh, totally. what's the word for that? There's a there's a word for that. They But they keep they keep the the. The system, it's funny, they're always talking about systemic. The system keeps us all infighting and distracted and never addressing I, what I think are the worst systemic problems like that, right. that we could be as a people united against. Right. You know, um, they don't talk about, I mean, there's a litany of them, but, you know, they're not going, they don't, they're going to keep us distracted from how prevalent child abuse is, sexual child abuse Mm, that's pedophile rings mm -hmm. they're going to keep us distracted from that kind of stuff you know there's a lot of stuff they're keeping us from looking at yeah. uh corporation bailouts you know taxpayer funded money to go to bail out corporations we could be united around these things but we're not because they're like uh okay let's highlight this and try and make it a racial issue and let's try and cherry pick things that 
pit groups against each other tribally and they they appeal to our tribalism and it's it's just uh divide and conquer that's the phrase i was looking for Mm. yeah it is divide and conquer it is and yeah i'm sick of the like if you care if you claim to care about poor people and you blank out when anyone brings up printing money screw you like you don't (laughs) like literally the most regressive tax in the world is inflation and if you're like, I care so much about the poor. Great, let's talk about the Federal Reserve. Wow. I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, all right, well, fuck you. Like, you don't care about the poor. You're just a, you're just a performer. You just perform. Swear you're jar. performatively caring. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's no That's Marie okay. Busky to save me from my swear jar today, so I don't see her in chat. But uh, this video will be demonetized because of the P word now. I don't know. What's the P word? What did I say? Oh, pedophilia. Oh, we're not supposed we're not supposed to talk about that on YouTube. Really? Even if it's in I the mean, news? guess why? I mean, they have a whole <laughs> list of things. I'm sure. Let's see if that plays out. Let's see if this is demonetized. I bet it will be. All right. All right. Someone says in my side, put aside differences and join Unity 2020. I'm not going to you know, you're not going to goad me into going off on Unity 2020 today. I've done it enough. <laughs> you can go watch the video that will be that will be out. That's a clip from my previous show. Uh, so. Oh well, yeah. The other thing, the other thing that wasn't in the news a lot. Did you see the Adam Hayner thing in um, where was it? Was it in Portland? Does anyone remember no, where I Adam Hayner was? Did you see this, Carrie? No. Will you tell me about it? He was the guy that got out of. Uh, I think he. He there was a bunch of like I'm just gonna call them thugs. I don't know if they were officially quote protesters or what, but they you know protesters. Um, they were like harassing some woman who I thought turned out to be a trans woman, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, and they were like stealing her backpack, and he tried to stop them. And then he got, I think, then he got into his truck, and they chased his truck and beat on it, and he crashed. And then they, then they beat the Hold crap him. out of him. And then I did see the video. Did you yeah. see the one where he's like he's like sitting with his head down? He's like in the street sitting there, and he's like they won't let me go, and he's like. After people beat on him a little bit, they kind of move back. The crowd moves back, and he's just sitting there doing nothing. And this guy, Marquis Love, who's now in custody, just runs up behind him and, like, kicks him in the head and knocks him out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't – if, if this was all about media? profits, CNN would be like, look at this sensational video. But it's not. Sorry, go it's ahead. It's not. And it's not – no, and it's not on legacy media. I saw that on Twitter. Much like most of the rioting, most of the videos I've seen of what's happening, that's it's not being covered by the legacy media. They're mm-hmm. not telling us this story. They're not even they're completely ignoring the video clips. You have to go on alternative media to find it. You have to watch alternative journalists like Andy No to find it. Right. I Who did is... see that. I did see them attacking this guy. Right. And it, and it's and you know, I this is the thing when people say to me like, oh, corporations just care about money. I'm like, I, I get that. I, I get that. And that's a very lefty viewpoint that like, oh, money's evil and they're just greedy money grubbers. I, I get that. Uh, it's just not true. Like they're like sometimes that's true and they're pract- they're just like pragmatists that are doing that. But sometimes they've got other stuff going on. Like money doesn't drive everything all the time. Um, and, and, and I just, you know, you point – I can point to the fact that this wasn't on mainstream media. Like that's that will be a sensational thing. Why not show sensational videos like that? Why not talk about Canon Hinnant? Like that's a 
it's a horrible story. It would get lots of attention. Um, you could certainly get your ratings up if you were one of the mainstream media companies to do it, but they're not going to do it because uh, it. What they're looking at is they want to be part of this cathedral long term, and they want the they want to be part of this new globalist state, and so they got to keep their mouth shut about that stuff. And yeah, it's the, not. You're exactly right. That's a great point. It's not just profit. Profit does drive them. Clicks do drive them. Mm-hmm. But it, that's not – it has to be profit and clicks within within this narrative that they've chosen, which is dictated right. by the ideology that most of the people now in media hold. It's my old ideology. Yeah. Social justice ideology is is rampant in the media. Yeah. It's rampant in the media. As it, It's rampant in academia. It's rampant in entertainment. But, you know – it's converged there for sure. So it, they're there. The, the thing about ideology is, and we've talked about this before, it possesses a person and it becomes the lens through which they view everything. And it becomes the most important priority, whether it's at a company, a corporation, an organization, a church, a group, a hobby group. Um, it, it becomes the most important priority. And so everything, even profits, even making money, become subservient to pushing the ideology. Right. And this, I don't know, the, the whole making money thing is weird because people are like, oh, everyone's greedy and just wants to make money. Like, so, I, I just, I don't see that. Like, yes, people do want to make money, but did you, when you were a social justice warrior, was, was making no. money your number one goal? No, pushing my ideology was my number one goal. Right, and I've never been a social justice warrior and I did try and make money, but it was never my number one goal. No one people don't people don't even vote just with their pocketbooks. People have a moral compass and they try and follow it to some like most people aren't psychopaths. Most people most most tr- people. Right, some people so I get that some people are just whore themselves out to anything all the time. I get that. But that's not most people. It's not even most companies. Like most most founders found a company with an an idea and a vision and they want it to be a certain thing and like that might be wrong and it might be it might be ill-advised. It might be based on the wrong philosophy, but they have a thing they're trying to build. They want to get rich doing it, but they don't, it's not just about money. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a, I, I'm, I'm always wary of someone who, who's like, oh, it's just about money. People are just driven by money. I'm like, I think you're just telling me about yourself. You're a whore. But like, I, <laughs> not everyone is like that, right? Not everyone is just driven by money. Um, okay. So speaking of being driven by money and, uh, Last night I watched most of this documentary about Roger Stone and oh. it's currently on, it's currently on uh, gosh, was it on Netflix or Amazon? I can't remember. I'm staying at someone else's place right now, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it's on one of them. It's a documentary about Ro- Roger Stone and I just wanted to learn more about him. I don't know enough about him. And he's a, cra- I, he's a character, isn't he? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. They basically said one guy in the, they were interviewing said he's like the forest, a nefarious forest gump. And then they showed all these pictures where he's always, he'd been there. He's been at like all these pivotal moments of history. (laughs) I didn't realize how long he had been a political figure. It really gets into his past, but there's one part where he's talking and he's and and he or someone else is explaining how he was just in it to make money. He didn't care. At one point, his lobbying group, they were lobbying on behalf of foreign countries who leaders who committed some of the worst human rights abuses. And they were lobbying on behalf of these atrocious figures. And, but, but I think his point of view is, is sort of, he seems to be someone who's saying, well, 
the system's broken, I'm going to make money off of it legally. And, and if you fix it, then I'll find another way to make money. But as long as it's as long as the game can be played this way, I will play it this way. And I don't care. Yeah. I don't believe in morality. It was very interesting. Yeah, that's obviously not an admirable quality, right? There are people like that. But yeah, um, right. Yeah, he's right. A, he's a weird one. Like he he has like a giant tattoo of Nixon on his back. Yes, they showed that. Uh, yeah. He, he was, loves. He's Nixon. like a swinger. He's been a swinger for like decades. Um, yes. Like just weird stuff about him that you would totally not expect. I, I don't know. I would like people talk about him as like this figure on the right and it's like actually i'm not sure he's even on the right he's just like a like you're saying he's just a no. grifter i think he's just well i think he's more than that i think opportunist he's opportunistic man. and he's yeah. out to make money i think he definitely has some guiding uh principles of, about what he thinks is right and what he thinks is right good for the country i definitely think he does i don't think he's just a grifter i, I think he's going to okay. make money that aligns with what he thinks is right so even roger stone you're these, saying is not. Yes, even Roger Stone, but I definitely think he doesn't have any scruples when it comes to um, pe people being hurt, I guess, or, or other like dictators in other countries and lobbying on behalf of them. I don't think he's very concerned with what happens to the people there. You know what I mean? I think he has yeah. ideas about what's right for America. It, it was just it was just really interesting. I didn't finish. The, I'm at towards the end, but uh, lately I've been watching more documentaries and it gives you an insight into people i i'm fascinated with how people work yeah. psychology you know and and how people justify things to themselves and he's definitely brilliant and one of the things they talked about and if you guys haven't seen it he tends to take credit for for awful things and they were sort of saying that um if he's already been labeled this nefarious bad guy right his his point of view is I'm going to be called that anyway. It's going to when I die, that's going to be what they say about me. So why not lean into it and be, and get get more people? He said it's better. One of his rules, he says, it's better to be infamous than not famous at all. And <laughs> the only way he says you have to you have to be a showman and you have to put on a show to get people to listen to what ideas you have that you think are good for the country. So he's going to be that showman. He's going to he's going to be he's going to put on a show. And he says he's like. He says that his public persona is almost like the Stephen Colbert character that Stephen Colbert played on TV, that it's like a version of himself, but it's not really him. Interesting. That he plays this character of Roger Stone to get people to pay attention. And and so it's hard to tell what events he actually played a hand in and what things he's taking credit for. What, in some cases, bad things he's taking credit for right. to they build the mythology him, so he, yeah. around himself. No, he blames himself. He inserts oh, himself oh, into he does these it stories. Yes. And so it's hard to tell what he actually played a role in and what he didn't. Like he inserts himself into the Florida re recount story. And some people at the interview say, well, he's giving himself a much bigger role there than he actually played. But 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 that was very interesting. And uh, the way that he plays chess, the game of chess is very interesting. So they talked about how um, the uh, so when George um, when Clinton won. When Clinton won, they talked about the disrupting impact that Ross Perot played and how he took votes mm -hmm. from the Republican Party. Right. Yep. So in the 2000 election, he Roger Stone, it seemed to it seemed to suggest that he had a hand in getting Pat Buchanan to run on the reform ticket and knowing that Pat Buchanan had an illegitimate child. 
And he had a hand in getting Trump to one on to run on that ticket. I didn't even know Trump had run before. I Trump ran on that yeah, ticket. So that he could make a clown show out of that party, out of that ticket, and then blow it up. And then it and then it wouldn't So there would be no third party. Right. So that George W. Bush could win. And and they he also had a hand in helping Al Sharpton run run. I didn't know this. <laughs> he was like supporting Al Sharpton to help pull votes from the Democrats in a different election. Isn't that interesting? Totally. <laughs> anyway. Totally. Sorry, I'm getting off subject, but you guys should check out that documentary. It's, it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> um, he's reminding me of, I didn't look at the story a lot, but you're reminding me of, uh, do you see Steve Bannon was charged? I did. I saw that. I don't know the details. I don't know if anyone in chat knows details, but like, He's been charged with defrauding donors for the private border wall. Um, and uh, I I guess I was never really I didn't follow Steve Bannon a lot, but um, it would, I don't see the right talking about that a lot either. That's the thing. Like people just have their saviors and then they don't and then they don't like they just pretend that nothing bad is happening with them like, oh. We're just going to ignore that these, this stuff happened. But yeah, I don't know much details, but I just want to throw it out. I know he was. I don't know charged. details yet. And I want to. Oh, somebody says Trump never ran with Pat Buchanan. No, he. I'm not saying he ran with him. I'm saying that he ran. They said that maybe maybe I. They both ran during somehow. this part. Yeah, they okay. both ran on this other ticket. But uh, I'll, I'll go back and watch and make sure I got that right. They say Steve so, Bannon was on YouTube live this morning. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's like in jail. I think he was just charged. Right. He was charged and I don't know all the details yet. And I want to I like you said, people will disregard facts if it goes against their narrative or their ideology or something they their side or whatever, you know. So um, I think Steve Bannon is really intelligent. And I think he I don't listen to it enough. But my my fellow listens to his podcast a lot. The one that he does about China and he lets they give a voice to Uyghurs. They give a voice to yeah. Christians in China who are worshiping in secret. And there's a lot to be learned from that show. I think he's really intelligent. But if he was actually laundering money, that's wrong. It doesn't matter to me that I think he's smart and has good points in this area over here. Right. We're in this world where we're like, I don't know how this happened. Where We have to fully endorse and support and be on board with people of everything about them. And then we get disappointed too, when they don't live up to our expectations. And I just don't understand that. I think, you know, I think there, he, he adds some great insight and commentary and I think he's really intelligent, but if he was laundering, I don't know if he was around, I haven't read the facts, then that's wrong. Both can be true. Right. I can still quote him on China. Right. He doesn't discount anything he said. It just. Right. Means he should be punished for that. Yeah. I agree. Let's let's do some super chats because we're behind on some. Carrie, is that good? Yes. VP VP says thank you. VP V says VP says I'm so happy to see people that are actually woke giving their insight. My hope is renewed. Well, welcome VP. Uh, our chats are pretty great. Enjoy the enjoy the chats and the Telegram channel. There's always a lot going on in there. Um, Mandy. Mandy gives us 10 bucks and says, political parties were created to keep the ignorant masses focused on popular individuals so the whole corrupt system can remain hidden and do as it pleases. Mandy, you're going you're gonna to activate my conspiracy theorist, uh, <laughs> my, my conspiracy theorist uh, uh, genes. They're going to they're gonna get activated. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of, Thank you, I, I kind of feel like that. I don't, I, I don't know if it was all that intentional, but that's certainly the effect. So, uh, let's see. Channel Julio, Julio, sorry, says uh, DNC motto is E plubis bellum. Trying hard to be witty with my first super chat, Joe. Yeah, but I don't know Latin now. I gotta look it up, Joe. So hold on, hold on. I gotta look up. Do you know what E plubis bellum means? Pluribus bellum. No, Carrie. Uh, no, I don't. I, you know what? Every week there's some instance where I'll, I really regret not learning Latin. I'll and, look it up. You go to the next super chat. All right. I can't not look it you up. You have a job. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's tough. I, I hate not knowing stuff. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Denise. Thank you, Denise. Denise says, I'm so grateful for you both. And I look forward to seeing the interviews from the conference. I also want an unsafe space meetup someday. We are definitely going to do an unsafe space meetup. Um, we, Carrie and I, talked about it. Uh, we are, you know, we enjoyed the the Milwaukee thing, and it would definitely be good. We've got an audience that's big enough now that I think we could we could pull something off and get enough people to to make it worthwhile. So, absolutely. Um, someone said okay, it means e in many war. So, it, I, okay. Yeah. So, so e pluribus unum means you know out of many one. Right. And e pluribus bellum means out of many war. Okay. I needed to know that bellum meant war. Okay. I guess that makes sense. See, and then every time I hear the Latin, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I should have known that, but I don't. Okay. Um, James, thank you, James. James gives us twenty bucks and says, "Have you read the book The Fourth Turning by Strauss and Howe?" It describes the psych that cycles are 80 to 90 years long, capped off with the crisis, with last crisis being World War II. So we're due. The good news is you need winter to have spring. I haven't read that. Have you read this, Carrie? No, but I like that last sentence there. Thank you. You need winter to have spring. I yeah. completely agree with that sentiment. We have read. And, um, and that's. Go ahead. Well, we, that's we also what I think about. Uh, I, yeah, that's all. Also, what I think about you need winter to have spring. This, when people have asked me like, questions about God or how do you believe in God or why would God allow bad things to happen, those questions sort of confound me because you can't have good without evil. It doesn't mean anything. I don't believe you can. You have to have it. it they define one another in a way. And the, so. yeah, you don't know what light is if there's not darkness. Those two things define each other in a way. So I don't, you know, you need you need winter to have spring. That makes sense to me in my gut. I understand that. Okay. Carter's smiling because he thinks I don't, I'm being I don't agree with that. Hippie. Like I, that's going to be my okay. next piece when I want to treat someone poorly. Well, I treat you nicely most of the time. You need some winter. Um. No, that, no, no, you're, t you're saying something I didn't say. It doesn't mean that I think we should choose bad or choose darkness. Absolutely not. It's also, it's also how we have free will because we should, we should be seeking to choose goodness. If everything was good and we were just innately good, then what does that even mean? We're not even choosing to be good. You know, we're not even choosing to live in our better nature, to be the better version of ourselves. Well, I'm, look, we're I'm capable not, of I'm both. I'm not arguing that. I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm not arguing that we couldn't choose bad. I don't think you need bad to have good. I think you need choice to have either. 
like you need choice to have morality. Morality comes from choice. If you don't have free will, you have no morality, which includes no good and no bad. Good and bad come from choice. Um, so sure, they're they're children of the same thing. Um, but I think in the in the context of this winter and spring thing, I'm taking it to mean less of an individual thing and more of a. a this is kind of an observation of cycles. It's the same kind of thing that we've seen before where it's, you know, what shirt sleeves, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in, in three generations or whatever. It's the prosperity creates, you know, strong men create prosperity, prosperity creates weak men, weak men create, uh, you know, hard times, and then hard times create strong men. It's, it's, that, it's that cycle. Um, but we did talk about Sir John Glubb's uh, cycle, which is, if no one has read, is kind of interesting. I, do you, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I think it's the fate of empires, maybe um, about 250 year average cycles for empires and the stages they go through towards the end. Um, and if you want to model for where we are right now, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure I agree with all of it, but it's definitely interesting and, and comes to a similar conclusion that we're kind of due. Uh, so. All right, Richard Petz. Richard Petz says, be a lighthouse, not a weather vane. I, like I love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Be a lighthouse, not a weather vane. Um, Anybody, it, these these kind of uh, uh, sayings, metaphors, what's the word for them? Aphorisms. Mm. They oh, they get me. I love them. So keep them coming. Carter <laughs> might roll his eyes at some of them. <laughs> I, I, I think most of them have some truth into them. I just think that they, they're, they're too short and broad to, to get to be used as rules to live by because they don't have context. But they are often compelling. I, I do agree. Um, Mary Little. Mary Little says, in the hearing today, they asked DeJoy if Stone's pardon was his exit plan. Oh. Don't know. I don't know. I haven't been following. Thank you for that update. Uh, let's see. Chameleon uh, says, started as a wrong thinker today. Maybe someday I'll be literally Hitler. Life goals. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Wrong thinking is a great way to start. Great way to yeah, start. Yeah, so if you guys go to Subscribestar to, to subscribe at different contribution levels, we start at a dollar a month and... We we picked some great names, I think, for the levels. So you start as a wrong thinker and you you know, you can become like a heretic, an apostate, um, a corrupter of the youth, all the way up to n the top one is the most is literally Hitler, because that's if I if, if you haven't heard that's what they'll call it. That's what they call everyone. In the past two years the past four years I've heard that so many times. He's literally Hitler. Um right. I don't think you know what literally means or who Hitler was. <laughs> if you say that, but if you <laughs> are at that level contributing to unsafe space, you can say I am literally Hitler, and, and that <laughs> suddenly becomes literally true. Because never mind. All right, um, poor Randall gives us five bucks for no reason. Thank you, poor Randall. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it, Marie. Oh, Marie is here. Thank you, Marie. I needed some swear jar help. Marie tops up my swear jar. Uh, reported, not cited. The key we slept in. Well. It's okay. You can get up late. Thank you for being here anyway, Marie. And uh, I did, in fact, swear probably more than once, but uh, I think you've done your duty. Uh, Hi, Marie. I don't know how Marie ended up with the job of paying for my swears, but I like it. I got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, 2A Defense Law uh, gives us 10 bucks. Doesn't say anything. Thanks, 2A Defense Law. Thanks, 2A Defense Law. Uh, who I owe Is that it? Are we caught up? I don't know. I'm scrolling. I think we are. People love to watch me scroll. I think we're caught up. Yeah. Oh. Someone wrote in chat, Galileo was a wrong thinker. Yes, he was. Nevertheless, it does revolve. Wasn't, wasn't that his line? I don't remember. Um, okay, so what else did you want to talk about today? I don't know. Uh, I'm wondering if the media is going to ask Joe Biden to disavow Richard Spencer. Did you see that he endorsed Biden? I did see that. What do you think that's about? Maybe he recognizes that Kamala Harris is a cop and he wants some authoritarianism. I don't, I don't know. Here's, can I tell you what I think it's about? Yeah, yeah, tell me. I think that social justice ideology and white supremacy are not that far removed from one another. We've talked about this before. Right. right. But they say they have a lot of the same beliefs. They're both collectivists. They both believe that you should be judged and treated differently based on your race. And that this is the best way to look at the world is through this lens of collectivism and to look at judge people based on racial group and not who they are as a person, not as an individual, not the way that Martin Luther King said, which is by their character and their behavior, but simply by their race. So they're both these racist collectivist ideologies. They also they also both give a um, they, they, they both elevate whiteness, white the white race in a way. So lately we've seen social justice ideology pushing the idea that, and we've seen this at the Smithsonian, we've seen it in education uh, materials and in um, the curriculum that's being taught in New York city public schools and other schools across the country where they're teaching that being on time, that meritocracy, individualism, um, strength, perseverance, that all of these things are functions of whiteness, math, um, logic, reason, White supremacy would agree with those things, too. White supremacy would be happy to say these are things white people own, right? Both are racist and both are incorrect. But social justice ideology pushes that, and so does white white supremacy. The only difference really between them, the, the most important difference I can see between them, is that white supremacy says all of these things are white culture. It's We need to judge people based on what racial group they're in. And white people are way up here. Uh, social justice says all of these things are white culture. We need to judge people based on what racial group they're in and white people are down here. That's really the only difference. They're still, they're still tying all these things to white, to white culture. So I think, I think he might be supporting the party that's pushing social justice, the democratic party, because even though they disagree on that one thing about where white people fall on the hierarchy, they agree on everything else. And if and I think he knows if you can if you can convince people that of this false dichotomy that you either have to be a social justice racist or you have to be a white supremacist racist, I think he knows if you convince people they have to pick one of those, that you will get a lot of white people to choose the white supremacy racism because at least on that high racist hierarchy, they're way up here. What you've said before, Carter. So yeah. so why wouldn't he push them? They help turn people into white supremacists. They help push people to him. Unfortunately, I That's think you're my... right. It, it's, it's, he wants a race war, and this is the way to get it. Yeah, he wants a race war. He wants more white supremacists. How do you do that? You support 
the, the party that is embracing racist, collectivist, yeah. social justice ideology, which is very similar to white supremacy, gets one thing different. And you're going to you're going to push people to look at the world through this racial lens. You're going to tell them there's only two ways to look at the world. Pick one. Yep. Yep. Well, that's depressing, but I think you're right. Um, by the way, we missed a we missed a super chat from Gentleman, so I'm gonna but I found it. I'm gonna put it up here. Okay. Gentleman says, uh, "Can I consult with you to find an article slash video to send to my kid's teacher explaining why they should not study the book Stamped by Reynolds and Kendi?" Oh, I'm happy to talk with you about that later. Let me. Yeah, I'll do some digging and some research with you. I know who you are. <laughs> we can talk offline. All right, good. Uh, there is a, another super chat from Ragamuffin, Little Ragamuffin. Little Ragamuffin says, Adversity builds character. Through the hardships often <laughs> prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. Yep. That is true. Uh, yeah, somebody says Hitler and Stalin teamed up for a minute. That's an interesting comparison. It's it is very much like saying um, you you could take uh, Kendi. Somebody says Kendi. You could take Kendi and you could take Richard Spencer and you could say these are two examples of the the false dichotomy you're presented with, or Hitler Stalin. You right. know you get you have to pick one of these. No, I don't. We don't. That's a lie. Don't believe that. Right. Well, like you said, I mean. I don't even need, I don't even think there's that much difference between white supremacists and the left. I mean, there's like very, not. very, very, very little difference. Um, so, uh, okay, Mary Little, Mary Little gives a super chat, and to clarify, she says the senator was implying that Joy was a criminal and would get pardoned by Trump, like Stone. Did Stone actually get pardoned by Trump? Maybe he did. I don't yes, even, I, he did. I wasn't paying attention. Sorry, I'm just. That's I don't, why I wanted to. I so don't care about politics. I know you don't, but I wanted to get I wanted to get caught up on I wanted to learn more about him, so that's why I started watching that. Yeah, no, I, I get it, I get it. Um, and I'm not caught up yet. Sebastian, Sebastian says, how can one start preventing this ideology from taking over a small party? Uh, nine out of one thirty in Congress in Peru, that is divided on the whole woke ideology. The popular members support it, but the leader is on the fence and under fire. Uh, I'm going to have a more pessimistic answer than Carrie, so I'll let Carrie, should you go first? <laughs> you get into a time machine, and you go back in time. I, look, I don't know. You've got to, you've got to, first of all, if you, if you, if you want to win in an organization, you've got to present the ideology before the ideology presents itself. You've got to control the narrative of the ideology. You have to present it as like, this is what it is. This is why it's racist. This is why it's horrible. Um, so that when they encounter it, they're already inoculated to the jargon that they're going to be subjected to, uh, by the ideologues who are going to push it. Um, if they're feeling pressure, I mean, you can fight it ideologically. I mean, you have to fight it ideologically. You have to fight it through principles and argue, um, will you succeed? I don't want to be pessimist, but kind of probably not. You may not succeed, but, and by the way, hi, Sebastian, I remember you. Um, thank you for the super chat. Yeah, Carter's saying, you may not win this battle, but I think you need to fight the battle anyway, and it will help you to fight for future battles in this war. And yeah, if and you, you need can, to, yeah. you, if you can, 
I don't know, do you have access to this leader? Can you talk to them? This makes me think of somebody who watches our show contacted me and, and wanted to talk to me before going in for a meeting with someone in their church who was higher up in a leadership position to talk about the ideology coming into the church. And one of the things we talked about is you may not win this battle, but it's worth fighting it. And you might be the only person that, that this leader hears clearly articulate a position that's not social justice. So be that voice because you're, you're not just speaking for you. There are other people who are not on board with this, who are many of them afraid. There's probably people in that party who are afraid and who are against social justice, but don't know how to articulate it or are afraid to stick their neck up above the herd, you know? So be that person, be that example for others. Even if you lose the battle, you've provided an example for other people of how to live with integrity. And you have to you arm know, them with how arguments. To, how to, yeah, arm them with arguments. Because they don't know. Uh, but, one you know. one correction people made in the chat, several mm -hmm. people made it, so I won't credit just one person, but okay. Roger Stone was not pardoned. His sentence was commuted. Oh, okay. So thank you. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you People have to hear the arguments, so that's worth fighting. I mean, again, I think this is a longer war than just particular political things. Doesn't mean you don't fight on those. You do fight on those fronts, but <clears throat> the questions like, why are people susceptible to it? Like, why is why are we in this spot in society? And that's a depressing answer because the answer is, they've been fighting this war for decades. <laughs> You're just now noticing that they've been fighting this war. And they've got the upper hand. So, um, yeah, absolutely fight it. Absolutely arm people. Um, but <sighs> arm kids. I mean, fight. It's, it's a long battle. Raise your kids properly so they don't vote for this crap. Uh, Tatiana Fisk. It's simple. Tyranny is tyranny is tyranny. Well, that is definitely s simple. Uh, totally agree. So he, I, I assume that she's, she's mentioning, this is her explanation for Richard Spencer. Like, oh, tyranny is tyranny is tyranny. I don't care. Like, give me some tyranny. Give me a help on a tyranny. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the, that could be the argument here. The swill. Thank you. The swill. Swill says, can I get a virtual Eskimo kiss, please? Is that unsafe spacist or NASA racist? It's definitely NASA racist. <laughs> <laughs> Those that don't know, NASA has gone full woke. We did an episode on it, and they're changing the names of a constellation, and I forget an, another body because I, because they said they they were harmful names. So Eskimo was one of those. Siamese twins, I think, was another one. Yeah. yeah. Eskimo kiss isn't that where you kiss with your eyelashes? I don't actually know. Or your nose? Oh, it's with nose? your nose. It's where you do that. Oh. Go ahead. Give give him an Eskimo kiss virtually, Carrie. Okay, you do that. Your nose. All right. <sighs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else I really want. To, I kind of don't want to do a super long coffee today because you're off on vacation yeah. and I want you to let go. So if there's is there anything else that you really want to talk about, Carrie, or can we wrap it up? Is there anything that the audience really wants to talk about that we've not addressed? Now's your chance. Yeah. You guys, we're gonna, we're not gonna do a super long one like we've been doing. So if you have anything you want to talk about, let us know in the chat. Otherwise, we're gonna start wrapping it up. And we have so many interviews in the can. 
I can't wait for you to see them. We did some at the conference that are going to come out soon. We just pre-recorded one this morning. Um, so very excited for you to, oh yeah. Somebody said Eskimo kisses with your nose and butterfly kisses with your eyelashes. Uh, There you go. Cool. Now, you know, this is the important hard hitting information you get from unsafe space. Daily coffee guys. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. Silly. Um, all right. Well, that's cool. Oh, uh, cool. sorry. One more super chat. thought we were going to wrap up, but 2A Defense Law says, uh, Texas school district blasted for cartoon comparing police to KKK slave owners. That was part of a student assignment. Oh, of course. The KKK and the police are exactly the same thing. Of course it's part of an assignment. <sighs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what school district that was, but it was in Texas. Um, let's see. Thank you, Salvent77. Just says, keep it up. I appreciate it. Cool. All right. Um, Somebody asked what happens after we die. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but that same person asked if got existed before, and got does exist. It is a it is a word in the English language. I think they meant God. Uh, someone says maybe I intermittent have... frivolity happens when we die. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> intermittent frivolity. I know what I think, but I don't know. I, I, how could anybody know? No. You know what I mean? Nothing. I know what I think. I used to think we traveled in soul groups. And I'm not sure where I picked this up. Um, I did study a couple of uh, race and as part of the social justice stuff I was taking in college, I took some race and religion classes. And I remember this philosophy or this religion i think it might have been west africa and it was called akan a-k-a-n they believed in soul groups and it, it resonated with me this idea of traveling with the same soul group and and sort of and reincar being reincarnated and learning whatever lessons you haven't learned yet in this life having a chance to keep learning in each life and i used to enjoy talking about this stuff a lot i had a friend who um who was more in the new age movement and her mom was psychic and would do, you know, she did this professionally would have people over for readings and stuff. And she believed the soul in the soul group theory. And she also had this really interesting way of, of looking at people who had hurt her, harmed her in life that I thought was kind of beautiful in a way, because she said, you know, um, People who are in your soul group, maybe in one life she believed they could be your boyfriend and in another life they could be your sister. I mean, but somehow they were in, and in the life in between lives, she believed that you would um, kind of come up with an agreement with these souls of, of lessons they could help you learn in the next life. So if someone cheated on you and broke your heart and hurt you in some grave way, she had this very this very grateful way of looking at it of like, that was a really hard lesson that I couldn't have learned any other way. And yes, it's devastated me. And yes, as a human, it's hurt me and and I want to hate this person. But at the same time, I have to have love and forgiveness because I feel like that person agreed to teach me that really hard lesson in this life. That was the way she looked at it. I thought that was kind of beautiful. I think you did spend a lot of time in LA. I'll just, that'll be all. (laughs) She was in Texas, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out, El Vaquero. I see you. Um, anyway, Carter's face when I talk about hippy dippy stuff. He's, yeah, 
Anyway. I know. Look, I, do I know what happens when I we die? No one knows what happens when we die because yeah. you'd be dead. So, uh, but you know, um, my focus is on our lives, right? I don't. I don't want to talk to you about all the things that could happen when you die. Uh, let's make life as great as it is on Earth. Let's make it as good as we can on Earth, and. Uh, you know, if we can't agree on that much, maybe we do need to separate <laughs> as humans and, and go to two different ways. But we should at least be able to agree that we should make it as good on Earth as possible. Um, and so if you want to believe something happens after you die, go ahead. Uh, it, but, um, yeah. Yeah, people point out that your eyes kind of glaze over when I talk about hippy-dippy stuff. It's like, stuff it's, the way it's that like economics with you, I know. Yeah, economics. It's like when I talk uh, about economics, you're like, uh, when you talk about hippie stuff, I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just all made, it's just all theory, right? I could make up like, oh, I think that we have souls to like, you know, our pets, our, our former spouses and like what, I mean, I can make up whatever I want. Um, we can have lots of that stuff. And actually Buddhism, um, like the hardcore, not California Buddhism, but like hardcore Buddhism is actually, they, they use the reincarnation thing to be assholes to each other they're like oh he's a cripple because he must have been bad in the past life so fuck him it's like oh wow that's like all right uh <laughs> you know that's uh you can use it to justify a lot of bad things so just don't do that and then i don't care what you believe so um i don't understand the super chat carrie do you it says what? i i eat mop m-o-p who question mark exclamation point laughy face you're, it's lost on the boomers. It. I don't get it. I mean, I'm gonna. I'll call myself a boomer for that one because I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, so, all right. Anyway, I think we can well, be finally you. done. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're gonna be done. This is gonna be a relatively quick one compared. Um, but thank you for joining us. If it's your first time here, this is kind of a live. We do live shows on Mondays and Fridays where we interact with people in the chat and just kind of cover topics that happen throughout the week. We also do a show called Deprogram, which is more of a deep dive into social justice ideology. We do a lot of interviews for that show. If you're new here, you can look at our, our content library, and we've done interviews with James Lindsay, uh, Helen Pluckrose, um, Mosh Teray, Samuel Say. We touch on uh, social justice and atheism, social justice of the church, like lots of different topics. And um, and then also you can visit subscribestar.com if you want to donate financially. And you can check us out online at unsafespace.com and learn more about book club. And we also have a merchandise shop. I think you should just be responsible for the intros and outros from now. So done. Thanks, Gary. Oh. Have a good vacation. Thanks, guys. And, uh, we, have I a good week. Later. Yeah. We'll check, we'll check in with you guys this week. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning.
This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. According to the FBI, these are all Russian bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Marxism will definitely work this time. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.